In the spirit of reconciliation, I acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. I pay my respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island peoples today. Welcome to Totally Lit, the podcast celebrating reading, writing and creating literature. I'm your host, Kai Garvey. Thank you for listening. I'm super excited to bring you the GenreCon special episode. I had the pleasure of two days of bookish bliss at GenreCon on the 18th and 19th of February. I got to meet some amazing genre-based authors and sat in on some wonderful panels to learn more about the industry. Listen out through the episode to hear some GenreCon shout-outs from your favourite genre-based authors. I also had the opportunity to interview Brisbane-based sapphic fiction author Samantha Valentine. Samantha Valentine is a Brisbane-based writer of contemporary women's and LGBTIQ plus fiction. She spent a lifetime reading women's fiction, psychological thrillers and crime, which has fueled a strong desire to write her own stories. She is passionate about reading and fiction and wants the world to read more diverse Australian stories. She holds a BA in English Language and Linguistics from the University of Westminster, London and an MA in Writing, Editing and Publishing from the University of Queensland. Her first novel, Normal Functioning Adult, A Tale of Grief, Friendship and Second Chance Love will be released on May 25, 2023. Her second novel, A Contemporary Sapphic Romance, was shortlisted for the 2022-23 Romance Writers of Australia Sapphire Award. I hope you enjoy our chat. Hi, I'm Pamela Jeffs and um, I came to GenreCon this year to meet wonderful people and lots of um, old friends again. It's a wonderful place to come to. Hi, I'm Lauren Elise Daniels, Ellie Daniels. I'm an author, editor, and poet, and I'm at GenreCon to hang out with some fun people and learn a few tricks today. Hi, I'm Nin Cohen, and I write sapphic speculative fiction, and I'm here to basically fangirl, really, and just meet amazing people. Hi, I'm Genevieve Flynn. I'm an award-winning fiction editor, poet and author and I write horror and I'm here to hang out with lots of really cool folks. Uh, G'day, I'm Zach Ashford. I'm here at GenreCon to uh, participate in a few panels, hang out with some of my peers, meet some cool authors and just basically benefit from the whole thing. Hi, Charmaine Clancy. I'm very excited to be here. This is my first genre con. I write for children and I also host the Rainforest Writing Retreat. I can't wait for today. Don't wreck it. Hi, I'm Kelly Cox and I'm an author of both uh, psychological thrillers and magic realism. This is my first genre con, day two, and the best advice I'm taking away is just write the way you want to write. Great advice and inspiration to go home and start my next novel. Thanks. Hey, I'm Selena Budgeon. This is my first General Con. I'm really enjoying it. I had a great time, met some fantastic, uh, inspirational people. The workshops have been fabulous. I've come away so inspired uh, to crack on with my next manuscript. Hi, my name's Megan Norris. I'm a journalist and a writer of true crime. I'm at Genre Con today because I'm presenting a workshop on how to pitch your true crime, or actually how to pitch any book to a traditional publisher. 
and um, yeah, I'm meeting lots of really interesting people and loving it. I'm Jess from a researcher and writer from the Case File podcast and I love being at GenreCon because it's great to be surrounded by so many enthusiastic people um, who are really interested in writing and everything that writing has to offer. Sophia Evans. I write picture books, middle grade and short stories. I'm at uh, GenreCon this year because we have launched our anthology, um, Forbidden Doors, the anthology, and it's a great chance to just catch up with everyone and talk books and talk writing. Hi, I'm Garth Nix. I'm a fantasy and science fiction writer, and I think you should come to GenreCon because it is a great community of writers where there's so much to learn, friends to be made, and new things to be discovered. Hi everyone, I'm Natasha Lester and I write historical fiction. Everybody should come to GenreCon because it celebrates all different kinds of genres and often genre is shunned aside as being a poor cousin to literary fiction. That does not happen here. Also, it's the best vibe of any conference I've ever been to, so definitely come along. Samantha Ellen Valentine, welcome to Totally Lit. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi Kai, thank you. I'm very excited to share that we are recording live from GenreCon 2023. Um, there's a great array of panels on today and tomorrow. Um, is there a particular panel that you're looking forward to at all? Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the romance panel that's on yes. after this, actually. I'm going to go to that. It's a romance Excellent. one. I yeah, might go to that. I'm yeah. thinking about maybe doubling oh, right yeah. now. Oh, you so. should. Um, now, on your website, you're described as an author of contemporary sapphic fiction. That's right. Um, can you tell my totally authors what sapphic fiction is? Okay, so um, it's, well, queer is another term, but the reason I use sapphic because it, it relates to women more. Mm -hmm. So sapphic is just attraction between women, yep. um, but not strictly lesbian, so it could mm -hmm. be bisexual, pansexual queer, lesbian, um, so that's why it's just a, a really good um, umbrella term, um, but it doesn't include uh, gay men, for right. example, so okay. that's why that's um, why I use that. So really contemporary women's fiction, yep. um, but I'm a known voices writer, so okay. I write sapphic fiction. And sapphic, yes. the word sapphic is a, a new term that's becoming more to the fore, is that correct? Um, it's not really a new term, so it comes from uh, the poet Sappho. Right. from the island of Lesbos, yep. um, but it's becoming uh, more widely used right. um, because it's just more inclusive of all queer women, right. Yeah, rather than just the term lesbian. Okay. Yeah. Now, can you tell me about your latest release, Normal Functioning Adult? Yeah, sure. So um, this is my first book. Uh, the release date is um, May 25th this year, but it's just gone up for pre-order um, this week, actually, which is oh, really good exciting. timing. Yeah, it is really, uh, it's really so that is um, that is available for pre-order uh, through the publisher, which is Shoreline Publishing. Um, all there's links on my website as well. Mm -hmm. um, but really, it's a story of um, grief, friendship, and second second chance love. That's yep. sort of the short version. Mm -hmm. um, the long version is it's Amy is the main character. And it is set 12 months after um, she loses her wife tragically. Right. So she spent 12 months um, really living in this blur of grief mm. and not dealing with it very well. Yeah. So she's reached a point now where she um, she's agreed to return to therapy and her therapist puts her into a group therapy program. 
and it's here that she she forms a bond um, and it, it really she starts to see there's some hope uh, of getting back into life but as she strives to become a normal functioning adult again that brings with it new pressures so mm. work pressure and difficulties in a new relationship and um, uh, friendship issues and this sets her recovery off course a little bit because she has such new challenges to deal with mm -hmm. and really it's about Amy um, navigating this new life she's had to carve out for herself and and finding the the courage to move on and um, deal with her confront her reality of her situation really and yeah. have you had any advanced readers have a look at the book for you um, I have so not through arc copies mm. yet but I did have I've had quite a few um, beta readers yep. um, critique groups mm. um, and I've had a manuscript assessment uh, and of course the whole publishing process when yes. you're, you're pitching to publishers mm. uh, so I did have a lot of feedback um, yep. that way um, so like I said it's not out to Maine it's just gone up for pre-order so um, I'm hoping to be able to get some arcs out to some yeah, people and get some, too a bit of as well and yeah because yeah, reviews are so important yes, as well that's right uh, when you're right. a new author yeah. um, now Shoreline Publishing Group is also a fantastic sponsor of GenreCon yes, yeah. um, but is also a, a non-traditional publisher that's um, right was there a reason you chose to go with Shoreline um, uh, well, yeah, so I spent probably, um, well, it's just a, a different um, pathway to publishing, yes. really. Um, and I saw them at GenreCon last mm. year, uh, actually. That's how I, I became aware of them. Um, but I had sent, I spent probably almost a year mm. um, trying traditional publishers. Yep. Um, and I had some good feedback, actually. I, I did get some really good feedback and um, from a couple of the big five and a couple of the big independents. Um, in the end, they didn't go with it. Um, Unfortunately, in Australia, there's a real lack of diversity in mm. women's fiction, um, okay. I have found. Yeah. Um, and of, traditional publishers are a lot about markets, aren't they? Yes. And in the end, I believe that even though uh, some of them liked my story, um, it came down to markets. So right. uh, I, I, I think there's still a lot of... Um, they're quite risk-adverse, I guess, okay. Australian publishers um, for the market. So. I looked around a bit more. Um, I saw Shoreline at GenreCon, and I and I was looking to publish independently then. Yeah. Um, and that that's a great model for just getting um, getting someone to help you with that yeah. process. Mm -hmm. So really, you're still classed as a um, an independent author. Yeah. Um, but it's it's um, a publisher who they're part of the small press network. They're a small press publisher, and they can help you with the. Yeah. with the process of distribution and promotion and that sort of thing. So that's kind of why I went with them in the end, um, to help me navigate sort of my first book. Yeah, um, that, and that's a part of the reason I asked the question is I was wondering if traditional publishers were prepared to take the risk on a Suffolk. Seems not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am a big fan of all forms of publishing and I yeah. think there is there is a place for self-publishing yeah. and hybrid publishing as well as, well as traditional Edition publishing. Public, yeah. So um, I'm really interested in the way that the creative process can be transformed from you out into the world. And so, so, technically I'm a self-published podcaster because yeah. I, I have 
I'm just my own little operation and I'm not connected under a big network or a publisher or anything. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm really a self-published podcaster because I just decided to record it and put it out in the world and that, oh, that's, that's where it is. Yeah, that's um, and it's given me a voice that I didn't have before and um, I think that's the place for hybrid and self-publishing as well is giving you a voice yeah, that's right. that you didn't have. So yes, good yes. on your shoreline publishing for supporting <laughs> yes. uh, diversity. Yes. Um, so are you going to have a book launch when it comes out in May? Uh, I don't know. Um, there was a shoreline did have a store in new farm i'm mm. not sure what's happening there with right. that one mm. so i'm not sure it'll be there but um i mean it's it's so new because it's just gone up for pre-order this week yes. uh so i haven't thought about that but i, I i'm starting to think about that now and i would mm. like to mm. um if possible so i'm going to start yeah. looking into that um if i do anything like that i'll put information on my website so that's a, that's a really good way yeah. um, we can share some stuff on on our Facebook yeah thank page you, for you thank you well. and i'll keep my website updated and i do have a newsletter um i do a monthly oh, newsletter so okay. um and people just on my home page at the bottom so people we can sign up subscribe to, to subscribe to that to and then yeah, that's right keep up to date and then i will put everything in there about pre-orders and um, book launches and stuff but yeah i'm definitely going to try and have one in brisbane because it is a really big thing to think about um and i'm on a learning process myself as i have my first picture book out um learning how to, to book a book launch and oh. what act, and because there'll be children there what activities do oh, I do okay. um, who do I invite how do I get the world to know about it um, and then going okay now I need to book into libraries how can I get in to the libraries and do that and how can I book into schools and like there is such yeah. a, a broad range of opportunities for authors to promote their books but it means putting your marketing hat on and yes. thinking of things in a different way yes um and also being um, very strict with your diary and going yes. oh actually i've just agreed to be there but i've also agreed to be there i have to now make sure i've got my calendar under control and those are all the things that you'll be learning as well yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely and um you know i've spent the last few years sort of writing not just this book but other books and um so i do have to switch into that marketing mm -hmm. um, mind, um mind frame now and yes. start teaching myself about that and um but yes i would love to have a book launch i just mm -hmm. i just need to sort of think about it and plan it um, but yeah I'll definitely put the information on my website there because so. it's such an accomplishment to have your first book I, I think I feel like every author should enjoy every drop of it yes, you know I have, agree. have a launch enjoy it yes. all enjoy yes. the sales and the opportunities that will arise for you yeah um, and now you've got something else coming up after this book as well. I You're do. already. Yes, yes. <laughs> planning the next book. Yeah, I have. So this next one is, um, I wrote that um, last year. It's a um, contemporary sapphic romance actually so whereas the one that normal functioning adults i'd say that's more um life lit with yep. some romantic elements mm -hmm. uh but the one that i have just written is um a proper true romance oh, um and i uh that was shortlisted for romance writers of uh, oh, australia thank you the sapphire award just the first round i didn't make the second round um unfortunately um but the first round's fantastic and uh, I'm, I've had that um, professionally edited and I'm about to send it to a sensitivity reader yep. um, for race. Mm -hmm. So I have some um, biracial characters in there. Uh, and once I get that back, I think I'll start 
trying to pitch it, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, I might try and pitch it to UK, uh, UK yep. publishers because it's very UK based. So right. I do have Australian okay. characters. Um, it's dual, dual point of view. So I have one Australian character, one British character, but most of it um, is set in London. And um, is it a characters. sequel to Normal Functioning Adult or is it a standalone? Um, it's a standalone. Right. It's a standalone. But I have written a sequel to Normal Functioning Adult. Oh, okay. Yes, three books. Three books. <laughs> so, um, that, but I have to get back to that. That's very much sort of draft um, because yes. I got caught up in writing the romance. Okay. Um, so once I've got the romance out and I maybe send that out to some um, publishers, I will gonna, I'm going to get back to the sequel right. to Normal okay. Functioning Adult. Um, which I guess would be more of a series because it's told in another character's point of view. Okay. It's the same characters, but yeah. Um, so I'm going to take you back right to the beginning of your writing career yeah. and just ask you what made you become a writer? What, what was it that you... Ah, well, you know, it's something that Garth said in the keynote about um, reading from ever, ever since he was very, very young. And I think that that's the same for me too. Mm. I, um, my my parents and my grandparents read to me from a very very young age, yeah. um, so I always just really really loved books. And my um, my whole childhood I remember being books, you know, at the library and the school book club and mm. um, the book exchange. So I um, I started appreciating um, fiction I think from a very young age, um, and I started reading adult fiction when I was quite young mm. uh, as well. Um, and uh, that just instilled a real love of stories uh, for me. So I always did want to write. Um, it wasn't until I sort of uh, became, uh, I was living in London and I wanted to go to university mm-hmm. and I thought I'd do an English degree so I yep. could try and feed this desire to write. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did an uh, English language and linguistics uh, degree in London and then when I moved back to Australia did the um, so UQ has a really good masters in yes. writing, editing, and publishing. Yeah. Uh, so I did that, and it was in the masters that I did a fiction course, um, and we had to just write a short story. So that that introduced me to uh, writing a short story and gr- uh, workshopping it with yeah. other people. We had to do that, yeah. um, and I think once you've once you've taken that step, you've written something and you've shared it with someone else, that it doesn't become so scary then. Yeah. I mean, it's always scary, but it's it's. It's, it's kind of out there then and then you, this starts you on a roll and, and then the ideas just kept filling my head and I yep. kept trying to work with something so so this this story now normal, normal functioning adult I sort of got to, to close to the, the end of 2019 and the desire to write just got stronger mm-hmm. um, and I did a little course through the Australian Writers Centre and we had to do an exercise where we wrote 500 words on a setting mm-hmm. um, and I wrote the uh, the scene that's in chapter one now in a okay. therapy in the therapy session uh, and they said if you've got lots of different ideas go with what speaks to you the most yeah. and that spoke to me the most mm. um, and then I just sat down and wrote it mm. so I wrote the first draft um, really quite quickly yeah. um, and then it took me about another year to <laughs> another year to write it and then another year of, of pitching it so it's, it's a long process publishing as you yes. you'd know yes. yeah would it be safe to say that this book has an element of own voice to the book um it's not own voices in terms of my story it's not my story um it's own voices in terms that i'm a member of the community yeah. that i'm writing about um but i was i I mean, some people might read it and think there's elements of, um, say, my humour in there mm-hmm. or um, my dialogue, for yep. example. Um, but certainly, it, it's not my story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 
Do you feel, though, that you can use your writing as an opportunity to, to advocate for women who are sapphic? <laughs> yeah, members of the queer community, yes. yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess yes. so. And when I first sat down to write it, I never... I didn't really think about the lack of diversity in women's fiction in Australia because I just I just read and I'm, I'm read around the world not so much. It's not till I got to the stage where I had where you have to find comparable novels yes. and you have to pitch to publishers that mm. I thought, hang on, this there's nothing. No one's publishing this, mm. and mm. it doesn't mean no one's writing it. Yeah. Um, but Australian publishers aren't publishing it, so. Yeah, I, I guess I can because I, I write contemporary stories and it's just about a, a group of women living their lives. Mm. Um, and I think so many gay stories are about uh, coming out or discrimination or trauma, yeah. mm. but it doesn't, that's not just our stories, you know, yeah. our stories we live and love like everyone else. Just a normal Aussie family. Just a not, we get up, go to work, come home, mm. watch telly, write, walk our dogs, it's... And they're the stories that are missing in Australian fiction, I think, for women. Mm. Um, they don't exist. So, yeah. you know, YA is getting a bit more popular now, but of mm. course YA is going to be about coming out because yeah. of their age groups. Yeah. Male, gay male um, fiction is a little bit more popular, mm. but there isn't a lot for Australian women's fiction. So, I, um, yeah, I, 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 my stories are just about women just living their lives who are accepted in mm -hmm. society um, and included, you know, accepted by their families, by their friends, mm -hmm. in their work. Um, so there's not a lot of, there won't be a lot of discrimination and trauma in mm -hmm. my stories at all. So. But it is a bit groundbreaking to be writing about those topics as well in terms of that's not what you you were put, picking up off the bookshelves no, at the moment. No, no. Mm. And, yeah, I can see that now. Yeah. And, of course, at the time when I sat down to write it, I just wanted to write a story. Yeah. And this is what came out. Um, and it's now that I see that there's a real gap in the market there. Mm. Um, and my, my story's set in Brisbane, too. Yeah. And you don't, I don't see a lot of women's fiction set in, no, set in Brisbane. No. Um, and that was, um, that was intentional. Well, intentional because, well, I live here, but... A little bit lazy so I didn't have to research another city as yes, well yeah. um, so it's all set in North Brisbane where I live um, yeah. because that was easy but then again I, I found there's not a lot of women's fiction set in Brisbane either mm. so mm. I, I mean I like that I like that my story has some differences there yeah um, and I hope that I, I hope that readers will like that as mm. well mm. that's something they'll, they'll pick that up as something a little bit different now I have a few questions that I ask all of my guests yes. that um, just let the listeners get to know you a little bit sure. better. Um, so did you have a favourite book growing up? Um, I probably had a lot of favourite books, but the one that sticks in my mind the most is Catcher in the Rye. <sighs> yes. yes. It is so good. So I think I, I think I was 15 when I read that. It must have been at school. But I, I, th I think it's a book that made me want to be... A, oh, I'm getting chills now yeah. even talking about it. Um, I think it's a book that made me want to be a writer because at the time it was, it was just so different. It was a different voice mm. and it was just so uh, informal and casual and this 16-year-old kid, you know, who was drinking he and smoking. His voice so well. Oh, it's incredible. Um, and the pace of that yeah. book, it just takes yeah. you from start to finish. 
um, yeah, you've, you've hit yeah. my heartstrings. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love and I read it again recently and mm. loved it just as much. So that's I, I love Catcher in the Rye. Really love it. I just watched yeah. a great doco on JD Salinger as oh, well wow. okay. about his later life when he was a recluse as well. Okay. But also the experiences he had in early life because um, he was quite damaged by the war. Um, but then when he became a famous author, he was really not loving the experience either because it because he yeah. hit the heights so quickly mm. but he found it all a bit fake oh wow that um, sounds really interesting yeah so it was yeah. a great docker I'll, I'll message you and yeah, thank you, you. <laughs> thank you yeah. um, but yeah i really i sometimes feel concerned that i love that book so much because there was there was so much about all the serial killers underlining oh, it yeah. and um uh i think it was the guy that shot John Lennon had a copy of it on yes, him. And, yes, that's um, right. Yeah, I'm like, I, I love, love that book. So do I. It's just such a great <laughs> book. Yeah. All right. Less about me and more about you. <laughs> if you could be any book character, who would you be? Oh, gosh. That's hard, isn't it? Um, I think I'm, I'll go back to my childhood. And I loved Archie Andrews, Archie Andrews comics. We have so much in common. <laughs> this is freaking me out. I just, I mean, <laughs> oh, there's so much great fiction I've read, but oh, Archie Andrews and just his whole gang. Yes. It was just brilliant. I just loved all of them. Um, so I reckon I'd, I'd really be happy being one of Archie's friends. What yeah. do you think about Riverdale, though? I've have never watched, watched it. it. No, so my nieces have watched it, but it's I haven't dark. watched it. It's is not. It, they tell me it's dark. Yeah, but. Yeah, I, as a fan, I was like, oh, this is not the Archie I know and love. Yeah, okay, I don't, maybe if I don't want it to ruin Archie mm. for me, but yeah, I love Archie Andrews. What are you reading right now? Oh, so I've always got about three books on the go. So um, e-book I'm reading Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. Uh, so she's an own voices writer of black fiction in okay. America yep. um, who writes romance. Such a great book. Um, the Workwives by Rachel Johns. Yep. Um, love Rachel Johns and her she's books. She's got that amazing book club online. Have oh, you seen she's it? Incredible. And I see she's just she's got a new two-book deal with Penguin, and amazing. she's just done some indie-published romances yes. now. Um, so The Workwives and I'm listening to audiobook at the moment. It is so amazing. It's called The Art of Being Normal by Lisa Williamson. It's a UK novel about two. Um, it's a YA about mm -hmm. two trans kids. Right. And it is, oh, God, I just love it. I've got about three hours left, and it's such a fantastic book. Amazing. So they're the three okay, books I'm reading at the moment. Yes. Now, this one's a tricky one. If you could invite five literary people to dinner, who would they be? Uh, characters or uh, they can be characters or authors, authors. or maybe JD Salinger is one or the maybe character cranky in the corner yeah maybe not <laughs> maybe the character would be better oh five gosh that is really difficult I don't know I don't know maybe some Marion Keys characters oh, okay. yes, so Rachel Rachel holiday Rachel's holiday is one of my um one of my favourite books. I love Rachel's Holiday. I just read again Rachel, but I think Rachel would be a really mm -hmm. interesting character um, to have at uh, have at a dinner. Um, I reckon these two trans kids from this book I'm reading mm -hmm. would be fascinating. Um, they would be great. Um, oh, you know who would be interesting? A Clockwork Orange. So. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> So, so, your dinner's going in all these <laughs> directions. Yes, it would be. 
But um, I studied, we studied a corporate orange in my bachelor's degree and it, it's fascinating. Mm. The characters are fascinating. Yeah. The author, I mean, mm. it's just an incredible book. So maybe a couple of characters out of there. Your dinner party is... Have you seen wild. the movie Babylon? No, no. <laughs> I'm thinking that it's like a party at Babylon at the moment with all those characters. It's just going. I think Rachel directions. would get on with the um, with the author of A Clockwork Orange. I could I could see her yeah. getting into that. Onto that. Now, um, if you could go right back to the beginning of your writing journey, what advice would you give yourself? Um, I'd probably tell myself not to um, keep going when I was younger. So when mm. I was younger, I did write, yeah. um, even at primary school, mm. um, and I was, I, was, I was pretty good. I remember writing a story and the teacher pinning it up on the board and saying, are you sure you wrote this yourself? Which I, oh, I know. plagiarism. I know. No. Oh, no, I did write she it myself. She should be saying. I know. What a wonderful job you did. You well, so that, I think that was not when I said yes, sure. and then she pinned it up on the board. <laughs> Um, I took it as because it was good. I never kept that story, but I really wish I had of, and I wish I had of kept going. Yes. Um, instead of having this big break, and look, maybe it wasn't the right timing yeah. for me. Um, but I, I think that's what I, I would have told myself to get into writing at a much earlier age. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Mm. However, I do think that the living life and the getting of wisdom True. makes your work true Good. and yes that's something I didn't have when I was young and so I don't think I I could have written the quality of work I write now yeah but there are ingenues who are brilliant yes from a young age yes. and have wisdom before their years so maybe that is you I don't think I don't so know. no I, I was no I was not wise and I think and that's a good point because there's no way I would have written the books I've written now like 10, 15 years ago. Yes. It would have been totally different. So, um, no, I agree. It probably wasn't. I was too busy having fun in London and yeah. all that sort of stuff to worry about that. But, yeah. But I, I think, too, some of the darkness and the grief that you can put into your work now mm -hmm. is not something you experience when you're young. That's and, true. And I think that we... As we live our lives, we add layers to ourselves and it's layers to our work as well. Um, I don't know if that's just my excuse for writing too late. <laughs> no, that sounds um, good. But yeah, I do. I, I have often wished that I had kept writing when yeah. I thought, oh, I want to be a writer rather than working in a bank for a million years. And yeah. I was certainly not very good at it. <laughs> And I just think that time in our lives when we recognise who we are and what we're good at and we start doing it is like the best years of our yes, lives. Yes. You know, I really believe that everybody, once they've figured out who they are, it's such a gift to share it with other people. Yeah, so, you're right. You're yeah, right. Um, yeah. That's what you're doing with your work. It, it is, is, it is. wonderful. Yes. And, you know, and we, of course, with writers, we, um, most of us have to work full time. But just to have something to have in the evenings on the weekends mm. that you're really passionate about and to just switch off from your day job yeah it's really fantastic yeah it keeps me sane as well me too. like yeah. um, I talk about the chaos in the background of my life a lot but I don't often elaborate on it yeah but this what I do now with my writing and my podcasting 
has kept me alive and oh, I know great. it does that for so many other people yeah. as well yeah. um, but also when you write something amazing that's reaching out to someone else you yes. never know who you're going to touch that's and true. help and there, there will be so many women who pick up your book and see themselves I represented really so. yeah. um, and you're helping them you know yeah. so good on you for, for doing that thank you Kai thank you so thank you so much for joining me today. I've oh, really enjoyed okay. learning yeah. more about you and yeah, I'm a bit fun. excited to chat more because yeah. I feel like we have a lot in common. Oh yeah, so. great. Good. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Kai. Writing stories for children can seem like a very simple task, but there is a skill involved in bringing memorable characters and their worlds to life. Anyone can write a picture book, but not everyone can write a picture book that becomes a child's favourite bedtime story. The best children's picture books fire up their imaginations, evoke emotion, and stay within their memories forever. Authors Online was created to provide aspiring authors the knowledge, skills, and resources they need to become a published children's book author. Our extensive industry knowledge will be shared with you and provide you with the basic principles behind writing for children, picture book publishing guidelines, and updates on the current market and publishing environment. And as a special offer for Totally Lit listeners, if you go to authorsonline.com.au, you can apply the discount code of LIT20, that's lit two zero to access discount content at authorsonline.com.au. Totally Lit is an independent podcast. You can help support us to continue to chat with wonderful Australian creatives by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing our socials with your friends. You can also make a contribution at www.buymeacoffee.com backslash totally lit. This will also help with equipment and podcasting platform fees. I love to interact with our listeners, so feel free to say hello either by email or social media. You can find me on Facebook, Insta, LinkedIn and Twitter, or you can email me at totallylitpodcast at gmail.com. I also have a group on Facebook called Totally Lit Writing Community. It's a space to continue the conversation and share your writing successes, events, launches and latest projects. Jump onto the group and say hello. Thank you for listening to Totally Lit and don't forget to go out into the world to read, write, create, ignite.